Hello, gorgeous. Welcome to I Am Empress. This is Liv, your show host. Thank you for joining me for another episode on my show. Today, I want to get into the idea of food and how it relates to our sacred temple. And then I want to get into breath. So these are my two main topics for the day. Just follow along with me. I'm going to get started with food. My journey with food really transformed when I started bodybuilding and becoming fit back in 2017 when I was in Australia. Because I noticed how much I was dependent upon sugar and how much my eating was emotional led rather than nutritionally valued. So when I went down this rabbit hole of understanding, you know, what what consumes my plate and what do I feed my body most of the time, I started recognizing how much sugar and just lack of nutritional value food was ending up in my body. And I was left hungry, depressed, angry, irritated, uh, fatigued, loads of emotions that I just didn't necessarily want to feel. And I had absolutely no idea that food had any sort of effect on these back in 2017. So this question of how do I increase my nutritional intake by focusing on whole foods. That's necessarily my focus because after studying the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, I fully believe in the power of bioindividuality and I'm not going to preach my personal philosophy with food because it's irrelevant to you. You have a completely different body. You have a very different lifestyle than I do. So what I eat and what feeds my body and fuels my soul is completely different to whatever feeds and fuels your body and your soul. So my focus today on my podcast is specifically your personal relationship to food, but the source of your food and the quality of what you're putting on your plate and how you're coming about it from an intention standpoint. So I always seemed to love cooking. I loved cooking even when I was like 12 years old, I would make scrambled eggs in the kitchen and I would like play with all of these spices. My cooking is very much sensory led. I allow my nose to just kind of sniff whatever I feel. comes together and I just allow it to kind of be a very intuitive process. So I've always come up to it as a very creative art form. Um, Food has really, really been a creative outlet for myself. And so when in 2017, I wanted to increase my fitness and I recognized how much sugar was really coming into my body instead of natural whole ingredients, I started questioning you know, what do I feed myself and how do I choose something that still tastes good and still has that creativity? How can I please my taste buds, feed my soul, and also build muscles? That's kind of where I got led down this whole idea of understanding um, these different farming practices and the sources of our food. We have become very disconnected from our plates and what comes onto them. And when you go into a supermarket, most things are pretty much prepackaged or they're sent somewhere from around the world. And we don't have that same connection like we used to. So coming back into the roots of having fresh food, local food, things that are in season and grown at the time that the environment is supportive of that, it really, really changes the way your body operates. Because When summer comes and you're feeding your body something that perhaps it works better with winter months, like heavier starches and potatoes and um, maybe stews or something, it doesn't necessarily respond the same way as if you offered it a fresh salad or a a lighter meal because your metabolism works differently, you sweat differently, you 
burn differently. Everything has an effect on your body and the way that it consumes its food. When we look at it from a different um, metaphysical point of view, you look at the vibration of the food. And I think we can all agree that the vibration of something made in a small local farm or a small batch company making kombucha is very different than something coming out of an industrial agricultural um, system. The vibration of our food and how it has an effect on our bodies. This is when I really like to stress the importance of cooking. And cooking gives you a really beautiful moment to connect with the ingredients before they become the finished product and then enter your body and transform themselves into those cells, into fascia, tissue, muscles, ligaments, all of that. The process of creating your food lets you infuse that finished product with your intention. And I believe the process of cooking really, really connects you with what is about to enter your body. And it helps you develop a relationship to the quality of your food. When you're working with fresh ingredients, it just comes alive. I love sharing with people the idea of infusing your food with love. When you're cooking and you just really appreciate where your food has come from, or you're just sending that appreciation and gratitude for the fact that you even have this food available to you and that you're about to eat this and devour this with so much delight. You're so thankful for the amount of quality vitamins and minerals and rich, rich nutrients that are about to enter your body and how they're going to affect your skin, your hair, the beauty of your glow, the digestive system, your kidneys, your liver. It really just kind of makes the entire idea of eating and food, it take a take on a different light. And when we start to focus once more on the intention behind what we're doing, we start to focus a little bit more on our physical bodies. So it's very easy to come up to um, the idea of eating as something just necessary throughout our day and something that we just want to kind of get rid of. It's very quick, right? We want to get the fastest meal into us just so we can go do our own thing. Or sometimes we're doing something as we're consuming our food. And when we set aside all of that and just kind of come together in a sense of cooking, you have to focus on what you're doing and to a certain degree. You are doing the prep work. So if you're cutting your vegetables, if you're cutting and seasoning your ingredients and then you're putting them on a pan or you're putting them into the oven, it lets you have this prolonged amount of time where you're interacting with what's about to come into your body and transform itself. You start to value how much your body does for you. Right now, when you set an intention of cooking with love and you focus on that love and you watch your ingredients come alive onto the plate, you recognize how much vibration is present in every single thing that we are experiencing. Food absolutely changes its taste when you cook with it with love. I think that's definitely why I typically prefer a homemade meal over some restaurant takeout. Although I will say I absolutely love to go out dining. I will admit to the fact that cooking my own food lets me have control over the entire process. I know exactly what ingredients I've used. I know exactly which seasoning and how much salt, that there is no MSG, that there are no non-organic ingredients that have pesticides or have been treated to an extent that I don't like. Um, Something that I found very important to share is that non-organic rice has high levels of arsenic in it. 
And it's just little tidbits like this that I've become aware of and I can't necessarily shake from my consciousness anymore that lets me really um, reignite my passion for cooking and understand that the entire feelings behind food changes the way it tastes at the end of it. I have made meals when I have been, you know, not necessarily in the mood to cook or I've just been really exhausted or I've even been angry at somebody and thinking about that for the entire time and it tastes bad. I mean, it tastes really off. Like there's something missing, like there's something like a wrong ingredient or something went sour in the meal. It really changes your entire taste of your finished meal when you're cooking with love. And when you're focusing on the love that you're about to feel for perhaps the finished product or the love that you're feeling for the farmers that have produced the kale you're about to put into your mouth or um, you're grateful for the fact that we have this worldwide system of bringing avocados to our plate when they're growing in Guatemala or in Mexico, you start to become one with the food you're eating. And literally the food you're eating becomes you. And we really, really, I want to hone this point in because we have a very large disconnect in our society from the food we're eating and how much it's affecting us. Our medical system has no mention of food and its effect on us. Hospitals are serving packaged carbs and sugar and they're wondering why people are not getting better um, and supplying that with a pill rather than using the value of what the earth provides us with um, and, and using that to an advantage as medicine. When you take something in, um, when you're not feeling well, it supplies the body with the vitamins and nutrients it needs to come back into a homeostasis. It provides your body with the enzymes it needs. It provides it with the amino acids, the protein, um, the sugars sometimes that it needs. It comes into this perfect holistic system that we have really torn down by the processed foods that are on the supermarket shelves, by um, the the animals that are not handled in the proper way, but I'm not going to get into that at all. Um, the, the way that our food has become rather dead before it has even started growing. And I really like to enlighten people on the idea of infusing your food with love. And sometimes before um, you eat something, if it's not freshly made in your home kitchen, sometimes just taking a moment of gratitude and just allowing yourself to really, really recognize how thankful you are for the entire process that had to happen behind the scenes for this food to come in front of your face and about to come into your mouth and for you to experience that entire pleasure that's about to just burst through your taste buds it lets you be very present with what you're doing. And that comes into my second point um, around food is when we become present with what we are eating, your body comes into a completely different state. Your metabolism is relaxed and able to receive whatever you're offering this vessel of life, this sacred temple, as I like to call our bodies. And when you're distracted or when you're thinking about something, when you're just kind of shoveling food in because you thought you were hungry or you are hungry and you just know that you have to get this into your mouth so you can go on to your next task, um, your body is still in that high adrenal state of fight and flight. And when your body is in a survival mode like that, it is not able to digest your food as quickly as if you were in a rest mode, right? If your parasympathetic nervous system is on, 
then your body is in a relaxed state. All it needs to do is transform with your stomach acid, the food you've just brought into it, into the new enzymes that breaks down the, um, the molecules of the food and it goes down through your digestive tract. However, if you are in the sympathetic pair of system, if you are in the sympathetic nervous system mode, because you are on your phone answering emails or because you just got a text from your boss or your cousin that it just really irritated you or it just put you in a higher state of emotional charge, then your body is more focused on bringing your hormone levels to a certain degree, to a, to a balanced state of being rather than oh, we just got food, let's break this down and um, nourish our system. So when we become present, when we become intentional with what we are eating, when we recognize how important it is to have an intention with what we're eating and the quality of the ingredients, we recognize how important it is to approach nutrition in a completely different way than we ever have before. So the intention of love and in the intention of cooking when you are cutting your vegetables or when you're cutting um, whatever you're about to eat for, for the day, it really puts you in a kind of a meditative state because it, it gives you a moment to just kind of quiet everything out. And once again, just focus on what you're about to put in. And when we start to recognize how important it is to be feeding ourselves with quality ingredients, preferably organic, um, I highly suggest going on the, the environmental working groups website to check out their clean 15 and their dirty dozen lists, which is um, ingredients that have the most pesticides in the dirty dozen and the least tested pesticides in the clean 15 to understand the nuances of um, the farming effects on our food. When we start to recognize all of that and we start to um, take in all of the information that is available to us all the time at our fingertips and we start to put value upon that, we transform our bodies and we transform the way we approach our bodies. When we recognize food as not something to satisfy a craving or when we recognize food as not something to satisfy a feeling of stress or a feeling of anxiety or a feeling of loneliness, if it doesn't fill up something that is an emotional need, then you have a fulfilled relationship to it. I believe that for some it's easier to create excuses than it is to create a nourishing diet. And I really truly believe that anyone can have a healthier plate from whatever price point they're at in their life. And this is speaking on personal experience. Um, you can really eat well for your body despite your budget and despite whatever um, obstacles you've kind of put up in your mind. And the more and more you focus on whole foods that come from the ground rather than foods that have a shelf life of over 12 months or a shelf life of over a couple of years, um, you, you recognize how important it is to eat with the seasons. And once again, I, I really like to bring this point up because in America, we are starting to come into summer. And summer is just a lot of um, hydrating foods. It's watermelons, it's fresh salads, it's, it's smoothies, it's water, it's hydration. You recognize how much your body differs. And I've noticed this in my personal experience. Uh, my summer eating habits are astronomically different than my winter habits. So in summer, I definitely stay more towards the liquids and I, I eat very lightly. I may sometimes have one meal a day. Maybe sometimes I'll have two. Other days I'll just be snacking a little tiny bit. Whereas in winter, I like to have like three to four meals. Sometimes I'll even have six meals um, a day in winter. 
And all of that is okay. All of that is normal. It's just simply tuning into your body. So when we come back to this idea of food and we come back into this idea of bioindividuality and how every single body has its own needs and how food is highly dependent on quality, on nutrition, on how it affects your specific body, on how it reacts to whatever you've already put into it and how you've accumulated a history with your body with food and what it expects from you. And sometimes when you want to change that, you go into something new and your body needs an adjustment period. So a lot of the time when you start to change your diet, and diet I mean specifically the way you're eating, it's not a specific crash course or anything, it's not a get your summer summer body quicker, anything like that. For me, diet just means your way of eating. Um, when you start to change that diet, you start to recognize how much your body has adjusted to whatever you've already been putting into it. And when you start to want to change your, your diet and you start to want to change the way you're coming up to your food, you recognize how much power you really have over to the breath. Because it seems so simple. It's something we do both consciously and unconsciously. We are always breathing. Um, we are constantly exchanging oxygen and carbon um, dioxide out of, our, out of our lungs and out of our body. But it's something we don't necessarily think of. Um, sometimes we focus on it when we're, when we're in a state of meditation or when we um, particularly want to take a deep breath. But the way that breath enters the body can really change how oxygen circulates throughout your system and, and how your different organs are receiving the proper amount of oxygen that they are received that they need. How your body intakes a breath can change your testosterone and cortisol levels. You recognize how important it is to intentionally breathe throughout your day. And we've all heard of this, right? Whenever we start getting um, high emotional charges around a subject, we're told to like take a deep breath or count to 10. And that's all just really um, taking a moment to have the body process what's happening and, and calm the mind in that, in that way. But when we start to focus on the different types of breathing and how they affect your body differently, emotionally and mentally, I think it's a fascinating subject. I really recognized this when I first went to yoga and I noticed that I was doing an active meditation. So I was very resistant to yoga before I actually started it because I thought it was too easy and I was just really focused on my weightlifting. I didn't necessarily want to, um, I'm, I apologize for saying this, but this was my thinking before to kind of dumb myself down to yoga. Um, I know much, much, much better now, but that is my naive state of being and that's my ignorant state of, um, knowledge back then. When I first took a yoga class, it was fascinating to me how, different my body felt when I took a breath in and when I exhaled and how much I felt happening in my body. I was in a different asana or a pose and I could feel the body um, when I could feel the oxygen traveling through my body. Pilates is also a very beautiful practice for me to connect to my body and with my breath. So in Pilates, when I do an inhale on a certain move and an exhale on a different one, and when I want to switch that around, so I do the same movement, but an inhale on the other end, end of it when I'm lowering my legs instead of um, raising my legs, it changes the entire workout. 
It changes the muscles that are activated on the exhale. It changes how long I can go in that particular exercise. When we're doing aerobic exercises and that's, you know, pumping up your heart rate, that builds up endurance for your oxygen, that builds up endurance for your lungs. And when you're doing anaerobic exercise, which is um, slower heart rate, it doesn't, it's not cardio based, it's more um, stretch or strength based, then breath is a vital for both of these, but it's particularly um, present for me when I'm doing anaerobic exercises like Pilates, like yoga, because you get to just really um, clear your mind and just focus right on the breath as well as the movement and of your muscles that are happening within the body. And it becomes a very spiritual experience for myself personally. And you recognize how breath can move emotions out of the body. So I think I've mentioned this before, how emotions are physically stored in our body. And we kind of explored that in my last episode when I had that last meditation tidbit um, of your emotions and tuning into the body and how you feel them in different sections of your physical body. When you're exhaling and you're focusing on something that you're feeling um, stuck within your body, you can literally feel it like release out of your muscles, out of the fascia, out of the whole physical self and just leave your body. You have different types of breathing, like alternate nostril breathing, fire breaths. Um, There's everything that you can possibly think of is a way to breathe. One specific one I like to mention is the belly breathing. When you take an inhale and you feel your belly rise, you're engaging a lot of the nerves like the vagus nerves and nephric nerve that goes um, from around your neck down to your diaphragm and all the way up. And belly breathing um, squeezes your heart and it gives you a heart massage with every breath. And that just like really engages, um, for me, the heart chakra it really engages um, your level of of joy and and appreciation in that moment when you're breathing from your belly. So when you're inhaling and you can feel the dome of your belly rise, that is when you're engaging all of those nerves that I've just mentioned and you're giving your heart a massage. And that specific belly type breathing lowers anxiety. It increases the amount of um, posture. It definitely increases your posture because you're unable to do that breath when you're slumped over. So posture plays a big role into your breath. The way that you're standing, the way that your spine is aligned, the way that your hips are over your um, legs and your your torso and your pelvis is aligned changes the way the oxygen can travel through your body because it changes the way your organs are stacked up in your body and it changes the way that um, the chi and the prana and the life energy kundalini force um, travels through your muscles, through your nervous system, through your blood vessels. Now I want to get into a subject that's called breathing through it. This is something that my yogini taught me. And because I am an energy shifter, we are going to get a little bit more um, physical, metaphysical with this. Breathing through a situation means that situations that are normally triggers for you, um, such as getting a text from a specific person or um, having a situation come up where you're frantic or like, you know, traffic sometimes if if in case you're driving a car, I don't necessarily know that stressor because I live um, in the city, so I'm, I'm grateful to have public transportation. But if you have certain triggers that put you in a state of being or you're going through a very difficult situation, using your breath to allow um, a calm mind to persevere 
it changes the way you react to a situation. So composure is everything. And when you are able to remain solid and grounded in whatever like chaotic storm is happening around you as a central point, then you take that power of the situation and hold it within your hands in a logical form. So when you are coming across a situation that's, that could make you really anxious, it could really terrify you, it could um, put you in a really uncomfortable mental state, or um, you're just getting really panicked, or any, any, any negative feeling, sadness, depression, anger, when you allow your body to simply focus on breath and breathe and allow that all of your attention flow to the breath, then you recognize how easily that situation passes. Because once again, you are not caught up in the storm of your emotions. You're not caught up on one thread and then you hang on to that thread of an emotion or a thought as a lifeline and then you get drowned into um, the depths of the ocean. But instead, you just allow it to just kind of observe and float by you. Then you recognize how much power you have in every single situation of your life. And by no means, this is not an easy task necessarily. This is a lot of practice it takes to to come into this idea of breathing through any situation that you have. But the more and more and more you use this method of breathing through your situation, the more you recognize how much nothing outside of your body and nothing outside of your mind can move you. Life happens to all of us. And sometimes it's not easygoing. Sometimes it's a little bit more um, demanding. And when we get into those states of, you know, becoming a demanding um, co-creator on this physical realm, then you have a choice. You always have a choice. You have a choice to react the same way you would always react. You have a choice to stay in the comfort of your emotional state, your mental state, and say, oh, well, this is just annoying. I have a right to be annoyed. I have a right to be angry. I have a right to feel this emotion. And you absolutely do have a right because you have free will. And free will means that you can choose to feel whatever way you want to feel. But at the same time, if you want the, the greatest result for your benefit, for the rest of the benefit of every single person involved, there's another choice. And that choice is breathing through the situation. And the more and more you get in tune with your breath and how it changes your body, when you're in a normal state of being, when you're happy, when you're grateful, when you're starting off your morning, when you're doing the same mundane tasks you always have to do, then the more that becomes a natural reaction for the more demanding situations in life. And the more you practice that in the more irritating circumstances and the circumstances that kind of grind your gears, you recognize how easy it is to become aware of of your past emotions and how your past reactions could create a situation that you don't necessarily want to create anymore. And when you take that moment to pause and focus on your breath, you recognize solutions that are there constantly in front of you that you may have not noticed because you're in your own fury of thought or, or spiral of, of anger or, or just frustration or annoyance or justification for how you're feeling or you're chattering around in your head on a conversation of how you would respond and how that person would respond and you're going off into this entire argument that is completely fictional or it may be real but instead if you choose to 
bite your tongue for just half a second and focus on a deep exhale, you may have something completely different show up in your mind. You may have a thought that relaxes you. You may have a thought that perhaps changes the way the person that you're having an argument with responds to you. And this is what I mean about the point of power. You're constantly in control of your life. And the only way we are able to control other people is our reaction to other people. Because when you change your reaction to something that somebody says, their reaction is dependent on your reaction. My mom would always say this, aggression breeds aggression. And I believe the opposite is true. Love breeds love. So when we are relaxed, when we don't allow other people's emotions to affect us, we can remain in our solid solid state of homeostasis, right? We have that activated parasympathetic nervous system and our adrenals are not shooting through the roof. We are not having spikes of emotions coming up and down through all our hormones. Instead, we're focused on breath. Instead, we're focused on oxygen circulating our body. Instead, we're focused on counting the in-breath and watching and visualizing our issue just leaving our entire physical form, our entire energetic space with an exhale, a deep, longer exhale than we have on our intake. That's all I'm going to really mention on breath today. I'm really grateful that I was able to take my time with you to all today. And I'm grateful that everyone was listening for this for our next Magical Monday. Before I close out, I would like to have a little meditation or just kind of a breath work session. I want everyone to put their right palm on their lower belly, right around their sacral chakra below the belly button, and their left palm on the heart space right on the middle of the chest and breathe and take a normal breath. Just allow an inhale and exhale to take its natural form. And then I want you to just take four counts of an inhale with your hands and palms in the same place and feel into your body. And when you take that Inhale of one, two, three, four. I want you to hold for three, two, one. And exhale, five, four, three, two, one. The benefit of having a longer exhale than an inhale is that it relaxes your body. And you focus more on releasing than on consuming and intaking and grabbing and forcing and shoving. And instead, you're relaxing. Your your entire body is taking a huge sigh of relief. Thank you to all my beautiful, magical listeners. You all have a wonderfully magical, magical Monday.